Yes. And it's on. It's on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Vitology Podcast. Yeah. And the podcast live, by the way. Yeah. So you're joining us right now. If you're with us here, you're on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, either of those places, we want to say hello to you. And we want you to jump in. But also, you may be joining us in a day or two on our podcast. If we want to say, if that's you, we want to say welcome. Thank you for finding us. And uh, we just hope that this can be an opportunity for you to to connect and learn something and just enjoy this discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And like always, we're open to your questions. So if you're live right now on Facebook or wherever, post your questions either from the sermon last week or really we're willing to talk about anything. So uh, you can post questions about really whatever you'd like to hear us talk about. That's right. I mean, this is this is the Vitology podcast and so the whole idea is about life. It is the study of life. The study of life and Pearl Jam. And Pearl Jam, better man. Better, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that was a, Vitology uh, was an, an album name of Pearl Jam, but it's okay. This is not a podcast solely about Pearl Jam, although um, appropriate Pearl Jam questions would be good. Yeah, we'll answer those. And we'll Google them. Yes. <laughs> Get yeah. back to That's it. right. That's right. All right. Good. All right. Thank you, says Shauna. Well, hello, Shauna, out there on Hi, the Shana. interwebs. It's good to see you there. Now, um, we got a few things coming up, though. So while people, while you, our uh, friends at home, are thinking of your questions and uh, how you want to interact with us, uh, we've got a few things going on around here because it's Christmas time, right? That's right. It is. Tis the season. Tis the season. To be locked down. <laughs> it is COVID Christmas. Merry COVID Christmas to you. To you. Yes. Uh, you know, yes, it is a COVID Christmas, but that's not stopping us at Mega Faith. You know, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We do, surprisingly. Than the yeah. normal year, but we still want, our hope is to be a light in the community. And so, you know, we're trying our best to pivot and create experiences for families right. and friends and people to really enjoy the Christmas season. That's so. right. That's right. And it's it's a, it's creative. And actually, some of the creativity, I, I We've already been talking around staff that that some of these things we'll probably do again because yeah. they're just good ideas. I think they are. I yeah. Know. So okay, for instance, the first thing I mean, we're just gonna go in order here, but the first thing's coming up Sunday. It is a uh, right after the service, right after our five o'clock service. Yep. Uh, we are we have like an open air festival, right? Not really. Can't really do too much of the feasting in a festival, I guess. That doesn't no. really work, but it's opener. We have lights. We're decorating the campus, and you can roam around or drive around. Drive through also. Yeah, I think the highlight of this, Josh, is going to be the tree lighting ceremony. Yes. So you don't want to miss that. It's going to be, I believe, at 6.30 or right around 6.30. We're lighting up our cross, turning it into a Christmas tree, and yep. it's going to be awesome. And the so. service, the entire service is going to be in a whole new location right out front by the by the cross uh, in that parking lot. And so um, come on out um, at five o'clock. You might as well come early, invite a friend early, a great way to invite them to church. They can socially distance and spread out and uh, be a part of the church service and then stick around for the tree lighting. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be cool. And uh, we've got a bunch of like old cars coming. Yeah. They're <laughs> going to be decorated yeah. out in the parking it. lot. It. You know, it's going to be fun. Uh, not my old car, but like, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, uh, my old minivan will not be decorated. <laughs> that's not really what it's for. No, actually, like classic cars. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we have a, yeah. So um, that's coming up this weekend. Uh, the next weekend is super creative. Yeah. You know, I mean, I made a faith for years, centuries maybe. No, uh, years have been known for our Christmas concerts. We have. I saw some, I was recording a sermon today on a trail, passed by somebody, yep, yep. and uh, asked, you know, where I was a pastor, and I told her, and she said, oh, we're so bummed you're not going to be having the Christmas concerts this year. And so I told her, well, me too, but we've got this great online Christmas uh, experience that we've put together. And so this is a combination of a number of just great pieces by uh, our worship teams and a bunch of different styles of music. And then I give a message. It's sort of like a, a night shot around a campfire. It's just a really cool video that I'm really, I'm proud of our team. I mean, I think right. it's, it's really well done and I know you're going to love it. So that's released December 18th. And so we'd invite you to get together with your, with your family. If you're comfortable getting together with friends, go for it and uh, to watch and enjoy that. I love it. I love it. So you can't come to a concert, but the concert's coming to you. Concert's coming to you. Yeah. Got so it. cool. So cool. So that's the 18th at 7 p.m. is we're going live. And then you can you can watch it anytime after that. Yep. And then. Uh, the, but wait, but there's more. There's more. Because not only are we doing our normally scheduled services on both of the next two Sundays coming up, um, but then on Christmas Eve, which is a Thursday, in case you don't know what day it is, um, but it, it is coming on uh, in two Thursdays. No, yeah, no, three Thursdays. One is next week. Okay, yeah, yeah. We are. Yeah, we don't have a calendar. It's COVID, but um, the twenty fourth is going to be a lot of fun. Tell it us about is. What's going yeah. On. So we're going to have three services, and this is um, our times are different than what we'd originally put out. So Ooh. if you've been tracking with what we originally put out, you're going to want to make a note of this. We have a service at one o'clock that's a classic service in our courtyard. And then we have two modern services, one at 3.30 and one at five o'clock, both on our field. So bring a blanket, bring a lawn chair, and we're just gonna have a great time singing Christmas carols, worshiping Jesus. I'm gonna give a short message and uh, we're gonna really celebrate the incarnation together. So I'm excited for it. I love it. I love yeah. it. That's going to be fun. Yep. That's going to be fun. So, you know, if you haven't come out, I mean, Christmas Eve is the time to come out. Um, it will be outside and you can spread out and it will be, it'll be a fun time. It okay? will. I'm excited for it. I know. So, okay. Well, those are our plugs. Okay. We want to just get you caught up on what's going on and uh, where things are. But now, now I have some questions for you. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't see any in yet. And so, um, world out there, uh, this is the time to come say hi and uh, let us know what you want to talk about. But I have some questions for you because yeah. you, uh, there's a few days last week that uh, you weren't around here. That's right. And you had a really unique opportunity. Didn't you? I did. I Tell did. Tell us a little bit about what was going on there. Yeah. So um, there's a guy that I follow on social media and he's an author and pastor and uh, his name's John Tyson. A pastor in New York City, and he really a while back he just threw out there to his Instagram followers, "Hey, if, would anybody be any pastors out there be interested in a retreat to sort of process through 2020 and seek God for vision for the coming year?" And so I sent him back a message and said, "Man, I'd love to." Um, 
this tough year, you know? Yeah. So he was overwhelmed with responses. So they decided it was John Tyson and Darren Whitehead, a pastor in Nashville, Church of the City, Nashville. Uh, and they decided to host this retreat, Redeeming 2020. So you, uh, I had to apply and sort of write up why I'd like to go. And um, praise the Lord, was uh, invited to come and join a group of about 20 other pastors. Uh, we met in Tennessee. And it was a great time to process through the last year and sort of the ups and many downs of yeah. 2020, uh, try to hear the Lord's voice and what he wanted to say in, in some of those down moments and allowed other people sort of to speak into the ebbs and flows of our year to see if there were themes that the Lord wanted to draw to the surface. Um, but if I were to sort of categorize it in three sort of movements of the retreat. One was, I think, processing the emotion of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, the second was trying to see signs of potential burnout uh, and practices that we could embrace that would help us stave that off. Uh, and then finally was, and this happened more just like around the fire at night. It wasn't a formal session, but um, developing a, a heart of tenacity and leadership. Mm. And so it was just, it was so good. Oh, so good. That's so cool. You know, uh, it, we've talked on this podcast about how difficult it is to be a leader of anything during COVID. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's been especially difficult at times to be a leader of a church, especially a, a new church, you know, in yeah. a sense, right? I mean, this is, is an old church for you in a sense. But as a leader, this is new for yeah. you. And it's a large church. Yeah. And so this is, this has been a, this was a, a good time to get away. It was great. Think about it some. But tell us some of the highlights. I, I mean, I already heard a few stories that sound pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll get to that Come one. On. Okay. okay. But I think some of the highlights for me were, were this resounding um, common thread. Mm -hmm. that was just woven amongst the pastors of, gosh, this, I, I, I walked away from it going, yeah, there's other guys that are feeling the same thing, that are, that are just frustrated and wondering. And we're one of the few churches out of the 20 that are meeting again. So yeah. uh, most of the churches, uh, these guys are in urban centers. So uh, Los Angeles, Boston, New York, uh, some up in like Providence, Rhode Island. And, and there's centers right now that are, are, pretty much shut down to a large degree. And so um, I felt really grateful to be able to be meeting outside. Oh, yeah. um, I think God spoke to some of the lows in, my, in the last year too, and just reminded me, man, I'm, I'm, I'm present in those just like I am in the valleys and I'm going to bear fruit out of the pain that you haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm sort of holding on to that word. There was a great, um, a reference to a book that I ordered, but um, that talks about resilience and leadership. And uh, one night, John Tyson. So if you don't know John Tyson uh, or of John Tyson, can I just give yeah, a quick little? So Go John on. Tyson's written two books that are published and then a bunch that are sort of uh, just for his church. But the two books, one of them is called The Burden is Light, which I highly recommend. The second is called Beautiful Resistance. They're both awesome. I believe that John Tyson is a voice for our generation, like Tim Keller was a voice for like a previous generation. Yeah. So he's speaking to the culture um, in a way that's uh, conservative and theologically, yeah. yep. and yet 
applicable culturally. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I saw this, he did a series uh, a year and a half, two, year, two years ago, probably now, mm-hmm. called The Controversial Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best sermon series I had ever heard. I was blown away mm-hmm. uh, at the way that he not only taught the scriptures, but engaged the cultural moment. And I just thought, gosh, this is a guy that I want to read and I want to, if I can be around, I want to be around him. And um, like some people you meet and it's like "Mm, a little bit disappointing. This was not that at all. Like John is a real deal through and through, loves Jesus, passionate leader. He is off the stage who he is on the stage. And I just loved and was inspired by every moment. But they were like, they planned this retreat so well. So it was in Nashville. I'll tell the story again really quick. Come on. The last day. They uh, took us to a house. We didn't know which house it was, what house it was. Um, well, it turns out later that uh, it was, they, they told us it was Roy Orbison's party house that he and Johnny Cash used to hang out at. And it was, we were sitting in the room where he and Johnny Cash had written a number of songs together uh-huh. and recorded these songs together. Uh-huh. And then... Wow. Oh, wait, there's more. Um, Matt Marr showed up. So the Christian like worship leader, he's written like 10,000 Reasons. Yes. I, uh, Lord, I come, I confess. Yeah, you're in uh, Nashville. So these people are just around. They're just there. They're just we're passing I by. Know. Right? Um, so he shows up to lead worship uh, for us. And the guitar he used was like this Gibson guitar that was on the plane when Jim Elliott was uh, martyred for his faith uh, by the tribe in Ecuador. And so this guitar had been gifted to Darren Whitehead at church in the city a number of years ago. And like, he was having him play it just to say to pastors, like keep running the race, you can, you can persevere, you can do this. And, um, so it was just a convergence of a lot of the themes of, uh, of the week that we had together. And, and it was a really inspiring, beautiful time. Wow. So, so this is a, is that, was it Nate Saints guitar or was it, I don't know which of the two it was, know. but we don't know, but don't know. either of those guys played it, yeah, worshiped with it, there yeah. was a tool of worship, and then here you are, and John wanted, like Johnny, the house Johnny Cash used to party in with Matt Marr playing this guitar. So anyway, it was epic, It's man. probably already it has great acoustics <laughs> oh, to begin with. And now you've got a guitar that just means something else. Yeah, it was crazy. And means, oh, just, just so you know, I don't usually get to do this kind of stuff. Like, this is like, <laughs> yeah. way this, out of the realm. Yeah, this seems so, like a club that is uh, yeah. not one that you typically hang out with. No. No. You know, and, and if you do, just, just, Bring me along next time. time. <laughs> oh, yeah, for no. sure, man. Um, that is really, really cool. And and I gotta point out, just I mean, what you said earlier. This I don't think we we I don't think we realize because I've got friends as well all over the country that can't meet. But I just it's so good to live in San Diego County. Oh my yeah. word! I mean, to be able to to be outside still. And, you know, I have realized that, uh, that, you know, us as Californians, we are very wimpy. It gets below 60 degrees and we are freezing. My hands are cold right now. <laughs> you've been here. Yeah, you've yeah. been back long enough. Yeah. I mean, you're born here. So yeah. it's, it's, it's in your blood, Southern California. Um, but I love, I love seeing Larry. So for those of you who know Larry, Larry's a great guy. He is our executive pastor. Uh, but he's coming He's coming pretty, you know, pretty recently from Colorado. 
And uh, and that guy is man. Yeah, he's flip flops and short sleeve shirt, short sleeve shirts. Yeah, this this doesn't affect him at all. No. In fact, and he's just sitting there, not cold. I'm bundled up. Totally. Me I too. realized how much that I am a wimp when it comes to cold. And so, uh, so I do. What a blessing it is that we can be outside and uh, and Emmanuel Faith. You don't know how to do habits. I mean, it's really, it's really true. so many churches, yeah, local churches even, that can't because they don't have facilities. They yeah, don't have space. outdoor areas. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So cool. So, so if you're out there and you can, uh, come on out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. And we're going to do our best to be safe and all that. Um, and, uh, and, in fact, speaking of, as coming out, we've already invited you to come out for Christmas things. Um, we've got two more weeks in our Christmas series. No, except we're used to saying that phrase that I just said, Christmas series. Yeah. Right? And of faith. But instead, we started this thing that's called an Advent series. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'd say this year's sort of Advent light. It is, yes. Um, and I joked about this the first week, but it's true, right? So yeah. can I give a short Advent please, primer? Please. So Advent is the four weeks that precede Christmas. So in the typical church calendar, Advent is actually the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the year, the church calendar year, the liturgical year follows the life of Christ. Yeah. So the, the liturgical year, so whether that's the daily office readings and the liturgy that goes along with that, wants to walk you through the life of Jesus. And so, you know, it starts with Advent and then it turns into Christmas. So Mm -hmm. Christmas has 12 days where we celebrate Christmas. And then there's Epiphany, which is we celebrate the revealing of the Christ child. And this is when we uh, see the the, uh, Magi coming to visit and yeah. Um, and so that walks us through. And then, you know, you move into Lent and Easter and Easter tide, and then some normal, what they call ordinary time. Um, but Advent is all about waiting. It's all about preparing. Advent and a typical Advent, not in a typical, in a um, more strict yes. Advent series, we wouldn't sing Christmas songs. <laughs> so those are, those are for Christmas. Those aren't for Advent. Yeah, no. Because you you just said that uh, Christmas starts at the twelve days of Christmas. So tell us what, what is the 20, first day of Christmas? Uh, the birth of Christ. Aha! Uh-huh. So it's not twelve days before, right? Christmas. No, <laughs> it's, it starts with his birth. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, we wouldn't sing Christmas songs because it's not Christmas. Yet. It's not Christmas yet, and that's something that where the the church calendar tries to preserve the integrity of the season. Mm-hmm. For example. We wouldn't sing songs in Lent about the resurrection, yes. right? Yes. It would be it would be a, a time of of wilderness and yes. a time of uh, longing and repentance and ash. It's sort of that it begins with Ash Wednesday, yes. right? So it's a time of searching ourselves and coming before the Lord to purify ourselves. You know, okay, you know how I learned that. Uh, we were doing a uh, citywide citywide worship event, uh-huh. right? Okay, so this is it was it was a youth groups from all over the area. There were some 30 churches involved and we had all sorts of different churches involved in this. And sure enough, it's like, it's like, you know, early March or something like that is when uh-huh. we do this before Easter during Lent. And sure enough, we sing, we sing these songs, typical songs where we're singing hallelujah. Right. And there was some, there's some more liturgical brothers and sisters 
there with us. There was an Episcopal church in town that their youth group joined us. And it was as if we were saying bad words. Yeah. I mean, they were just like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't sing hallelujah in Lent. I was it's so interesting. Yeah, the goal is to enter and enter into the story. Yeah. And to preserve the integrity of the season and the integrity of the narrative. And I guess I would just say to our listeners, if you've if you've never done that before, even in your own personal yeah. worship and your personal time with the Lord. I would do it. Here's the thing I learned about Advent a number of years ago when I started to dive in a little bit more. I learned, one, I didn't know anything about Advent. <laughs> yeah. uh, second, I learned that Advent is the season on the church calendar where the church most readily talks about the second coming of Christ. Huh. So um, if you want to honor the church calendar and do a series on the second coming, do it during Advent. Because Advent yeah. is the time where that. we... Lit, where we admit and realize that we're living in between two different worlds. Yep. So we point back to the birth of Christ, mm -hmm. the waiting for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And then we recognize that we're once again waiting for the Messiah, mm. that we're waiting for his return. And so there's yeah. a lot of second coming texts that are associated with the Advent season. Yes. So this year I'm sort of doing Advent light mm -hmm. uh, because this has been a dark year. I didn't feel like we needed a lot of more darkness, especially in this season. So we did last week on preparing and repentance, but uh, the next two weeks uh, are going to be a little bit more Christmassy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that is that is really interesting. And so, but, but and Josh, really quick, yeah. can I plug some effort? Josh and I were talking right before we went on the air here um, about about Christmas and all the traditions that go around along with Christmas. Like, uh, for example, why is Christmas on December 25th? And why do we bring a tree into our house? Why the world tree? And why all these traditions, what's yes. going on? And why I, do we give gifts? Why do we give gifts? I mean, what, what is going on here? I mean, there's so many of these. So next week on our podcast, yeah. we're going to explore all things weird about Christmas and where these traditions come from and why did the church think that it was okay to adopt the winter solstice as the time where they celebrated the birth of the Christ and why were they then okay with it being four days, three to four days after? Yep. And why was this holiday banned by the Puritans when they first got here <laughs> in America? All right. I mean, there's some things like this that are just unbelievable so this is gonna be a lot of fun if you have any any questions about about christmas overall in general we'd love to hear and uh we're gonna do our best to answer them and it'll also help us to research a little bit yeah but it is fascinating. You, you like this kind of stuff too oh, yeah. josh i love it um it's just so i think it's so interesting so yes all right that's for okay that is next week's podcast and uh the time You'll have to just be checking Facebook because we'll get back to you. We're just still trying to find a time to do this live thing. Uh, we're going to be live like this for a while until we go to Purely Podcast. Every now and again, we'll come back and go live. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll be checking back with you soon. Um, but, okay, understanding Christmas. Yeah. Understanding the, the celebration. Um, I love, in fact, it was just last week on this podcast. Um, Pastor Chip, oh, he nice. joined us. It was a really good time. And he brought out a, a C.S. Lewis quote that I'd forgotten. Um, that, and I don't 
I don't know the exact quote. I don't even know if he quoted it, but he said that uh, a lot of people um, celebrate a, a winter holiday, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and sometimes they celebrate Christmas, right? And I, I think that was a great idea, right. great way to talk about it. Um, there's this winter holiday thing that we're all about, but the real goal is to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And Advent prepares us. Yes. That's the goal, at least. It's supposed yeah. to prepare us for the celebration. So as you, you know, okay, here, let me just say, uh, you may be from a church like the one that I grew up in, um, which is very similar to this church, that, that we did Christmas series. We, you know, there was it was always about Christmas, and I'm saying, I mean, nothing wrong about that. But can I ask you, why do you feel like it's a it was be a good idea for us to to really dive into this idea of Advent? Yeah, I I, I think the reality is that everybody will wait in life. Mm -hmm. That that I mean, my twenty twenties reminded us of that. Yeah. That that's just a reality. All of us will wait in life, but not all of us will wait well. And I think our waiting well is part of our discipleship to the way of Jesus. Mm. It's part of it's part of the school that God wants to take us through to become mature followers of Christ. And this is one of those seasons where we discipline ourselves to wait. So some of the texts in uh, the Advent lectionary would be like we read one in worship on campus this weekend, um, Mark 13, where stay awake, stay awake, mm -hmm. like don't lose sight of the ultimate goal. There's uh, passages in Isaiah. I can remember using the lectionary one Advent mm -hmm. and preaching through um, Isaiah's some of Isaiah's prophecies about the coming, the second coming of the Messiah, and I think to stir our hearts to be people who don't lose sight of what's mm -hmm. coming in the future is part of the goal of Advent. Yeah. So it's the image is typically of a watchman. So imagine somebody on a wall looking out over the horizon, um, like celebrating when the dawn starts to break. Yeah. That's yeah. that's Advent. It's the darkness waiting for the dawn. Darkness. And uh, so one of the one of the pastors that I just love, he's such a phenomenal preacher. His name's Rick Viotas. And he wrote a book called, um, uh, someone will know, The Something Life. Yeah. Anyway. He, it, I've always said his name differently, but I don't even know. You're probably <laughs> But yes, uh, something like the, Anyway, I haven't read it yet. It's actually on order. Excuse um, me while I Google that. Yeah, Google that. <laughs> so uh, he was saying, you know, God does some of his best work in the dark. And... One of his points this uh, this last week, I didn't listen to the whole sermon, but was that God is at work in the dark, and Advent mm -hmm. reminds us that God's at work in the dark. That it doesn't it doesn't nothing ever, not everything has to be tied up perfectly with a bow around it in order for us to believe that God is at work and God is moving. That that's what Advent reminds us of the deeply formed life. Yeah, there it is. Right. There it is. Right. Um, so that's why I love Advent. Yeah. I, I dig it. Well, you know, I mean, I know we're, this series isn't uh, all Advent, but uh, if there was a passage that we get that is the closest to it, I think I get it in a couple weeks here. Yeah. Simeon. Yes. Who the, is somebody who is waiting. He's waiting uh, for the consolation of Israel. Of Israel, right? I know. And so, and I love that idea that we're still waiting. What a great reminder that yeah. we are 
we are waiting that there's that there's more it's gonna be better and all well in a lot of ways josh this text the text from last week um and luke chapter one mm -hmm. especially verse 17 which was sort of the for me the crux of this of this passage um well 16 and 17 read like this he, speaking of john it says and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Yeah. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And this is the Advent line. To make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Yeah. That, that is the goal of Advent. To be ready and prepared mm -hmm. for the coming of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I would say coming of the Lord spiritually now mm -hmm. and bodily in the return later. Mm -hmm. and Advent is going after both of those things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I think uh, it's, it's definitely something that, that we should be about um, all the time. Sure. But, but to, to get in a rhythm where we're, we're reminded of that every year, we're reminded of the, the waiting, and the, the unsure, of, you know, I, I just think of the, the way that the way that people live their lives. It, the, those that were the most faithful, the most hopeful, were in waiting for years. Yeah, their lifetimes, just like just like we've been in waiting yeah, for I mean, a long time. Can you imagine, like the people of God waiting for four hundred years in between prophetic words from the Lord yeah. that were like recorded canonically in Scripture? I yeah. Mean, yeah, so when John comes onto the scene after, and it's they reference Malachi, mm -hmm. who is the last book in the Old Testament, they, I think the people of God start going, "Oh, okay, yes, yes. something's going something, on. Something, there's movement yep. happening." Yep. And I think in so many ways that's what Advent reminds us of. There's always movement happening. Mm. Uh, we're always moving towards something, and God's at work even in the in the in between and mm -hmm. in the waiting, so we can't lose sight of where the story's heading. Mm -hmm. That's part of the power of the liturgical year. It's a it's a narrative story driven year to walk through the life of Christ mm -hmm. every year, yeah, over and over and over again, yeah. And you know, and part of that waiting, as you talked about this last week, has to do with repentance. Yeah. In fact, um, I mean, I talked about uh, about uh, a family is is a big thing. In fact, there's a question that came up about that from somebody, I don't know, I'm not sure if she uh, heard your message. You may know this person. In fact, uh, let's just let's just put her up here. This is this is Leah. Um, let's see, Leah Bethany. Yeah, Bethony. Bethony, excuse me. Hey, Leah. Um, okay, it is it is a, a bit of a long question. Okay. Okay, so, so now she is, she's asking, she's saying hi. First of all, she misses your leadership. It sounds like, sounds like she's from Colorado. She's guessing. from Colorado, moved to South Dakota. Yeah. Oh, so, no way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. And I don't, I may not have all this question on the screen. Um, and, but I think we can get the gist of this because it's getting at that, that issue of family. And she points out that, you know, we can't be around family for a lot of us. Okay. Some of us, some people, that's going to be a really sad thing. She points out that some, that could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Because we, as all of us, okay, I mean, all of us, I think, have some sort of family issues that we'd rather just ignore at times, right? And and this gives us that opportunity. But she asked this: Could you speak into what the the, the Bible's speaking of when it talks about generational sin um, and biblically leading us to scripture for 
for family praying um, for that bondage to be broken. Um, I believe that's what she's saying. I don't have the rest of your quote, but I hope I got it right. Yeah, well, and I think that goes in line with repentance. Wait, exactly. So I would say, Josh, and I'd invite you to speak into it because that's a great question. A, generational sin isn't something that we talk a whole lot about, um, at least in like our circles of... Um, I like your quote. It's, it's not something that's usually tattooed. No, we don't. Oh, yeah, no, no tattoos, right? no, tattoos, no, tattoos, no, no mugs. Yeah, not as many mugs. About that. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very real thing. Um, yeah. And so I'd say that there's a number of different ways to look at it. And this would be fun to have like a Kathy speak into this mm -hmm. uh, or Chip, somebody like yeah. that. But um, so there's the spiritual aspect of it, certainly, right? Where um, there is some sort of um, passing down of a spiritual DNA that happens from parents to their kids. Mm -hmm. Like this is just uh, whether it's in faith and not always and not perfectly, but there is an emphasis of uh, things being both taught and caught. Mm -hmm. And in that way, there can be uh, spiritual strongholds that take yeah. place in people's lives in the same way that people can be built up spiritually. Mm -hmm. The second thing that can happen is um, people are biologically, have biological dispositions towards addictive personalities and you name it. And those can and have been considered sort of generational types of sin as well. Yeah. And so um, what I would say though, and I didn't, I used to yeah. into this too, because yeah. this is, this is a good question. I would say that the power of the gospel, the power of the spirit and genuine repentance can break the power of any generational sin or curse, whatever language that you want to use. Um, that I don't see any New Testament passages that would suggest that we are in any sort of bondage mm -hmm. that we can't get out of by the power of the Spirit and through the goodness of the gospel. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, there's, there's no doubt that even the generational sin, I think, um, I think we see that today in systemic issues that are um, that go so much deeper. I mean, the, the systemic racism that is that we've all kind of been learning about this over oh, this this last year. Right? Yeah. Um, a lot of that is generational sins yeah. that you know you and I aren't guilty of necessarily of being of being personally racist. However, there's been this culture of that that has. It has led to some problems. And um, and so there's a sense in which you and I, and, and through confession and, and through repentance, um, we can break some of those. But I also think there's some more to that. Yeah. And I think that, that even family systems, they've got to do some work at times. Yes. And, and that work is not an easy work. It's a It can be difficult. So it's not like, these kind of things don't tend to be the things that can just be broken by just saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. You or know? even by just sort of declaring, right? Yes. And so I think it's a combination of all yes. of those things. But what you're saying, Josh, is it's also a putting in the hard work to get healthy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> as a, not only as a person, but as a, as a family unit yes that we all have ways that we work as a family and some of those lead us to life and some of them lead us to death yes, we, yes. there's 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 ways of thinking that are built into us and, and even into communities into cities and nations 
Um, we have stories that we tell ourselves and things like that that, that are yeah. big, that are powerful. Absolutely. And those have effects. And so and I think that works down to the family level um, for sure. So that, so that um, Leah, 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 excuse me, yeah. Leah, um, there's clearly um, in all of us, not you, you know, I mean, you're asked the question and you're hitting at something that is so real in so many people's lives. Uh, and we know that there's some of those things in our, in our, in our families, I'll say in my family, uh, that, that has been, uh, that's been going on for such a long time. It's, we, we don't even deal with it anymore. Right. 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 It's just like, oh yeah, I know we're all going to gather around and gossip about that, you know, or something, right. whatever that is. Right. Um, and or we're not going to talk about that thing. We're not going to talk about that thing. Or it's, it's I know I'm going to leave hurt, yeah. you know, and I, I just, and I'm going to hate it afterwards, but I'm going to still do it because of, you know, all those things. And those things, those things, I wish I, I wish there was a fix yeah. to just say, boom, that it's done. And I don't know if there is, but, but I think, I think she brings up a great point that, you know, maybe even just being away from it, you may find, okay, if you find this Christmas, you're more healthy. You just find like, oh, I experienced Christmas more because I was removed from that. You might learn something powerful there. Yeah. And I think that's a great, you know, the, the whole adage of, of healthy boundaries, right? Yes. Yeah. And recognizing what pieces you can play in people's health and what, what pieces you can. And, how to advocate for your own health in a system that may be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, the old adage is like sort of grin and bear it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think what we're starting to learn now is um, it's not selfish to advocate for your, for your mm -hmm. own wholeness and your own health. And mm -hmm. um, that, and certainly to be a part of the family, but also to say, these are the things I need to do and recognize what you need to do in order to remain a healthy whole human being. Mm. And uh, I would say to anybody out there, don't be afraid to advocate for those things. Yeah. Th those are really, really important. Really quick. If there's people that are going generational sin, where's that in the Bible? One of the places you can find it is in uh, Exodus chapter 34 verses six and seven. So mm. I won't read it now, but that's one of the places where it talks about the sins of the fathers being visited on the children. Right. Yeah, so there's a number of other places, but in case you're wondering, is this some sort of like weird <laughs> Like Pentecostal thing? No, it's, no, it's no. a weird biblical thing. It it's, is. It's it's a re and, but I would also say it's actually not all that weird if you no. take it out of just just the spiritual and bring it into yes. the practical, physical, relational. We see it all the time. Oh yeah, all the time. Oh yeah. And I would say that there's also a spiritual aspect behind that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that those are the issues that that we need to care about. Um, I think so much we get caught up in sin as you know, it's the thing I did. Right. Um, and, and if I didn't do it, then I don't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And yet wouldn't we want to be a people that, that, that writes the wrongs, <laughs> uh, that deals with all of those things. And, um, and I know in families, it's the hardest. It really is. And, uh, and oftentimes kids are dealing in places where they're, they're not, they don't have power and control, all those things. It's hard. It's hard. But let's be people who can really, really deal with that and yeah, help figure it out. Um, well, I, I do think, um, uh, and then we can go on to the next question, but I, I think that 
one of the things that John is going to challenge people on is just that. Yeah. Right. To the hearts of the fathers. So the fathers had grown cold. The fathers had grown absent. Mm -hmm. They were known for being strict disciplinarians. They were known for being abusive. Mm-hmm. And like John's calling them out. And so one of the way that ways that sin is the power of sin is broken is just what John's going to call out to turn, yeah. which is to repent. Yeah. And I, I have like, I have a bunch of like sort of mini missions within my goal of helping <laughs> people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But one of those is to help people reframe the way that they see the word repentance. Because mm, okay. so many times we see it like on a sign, repent, yes. or you're going to burn in hell. Yes. Which actually, there's not one single verse in the Bible that says that, by the way. Yeah. Um, th- those words, those exact words, there's not. I'm not mm-hmm. saying the Bible doesn't talk about hell. Don't email me about that. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there's nowhere that says yeah. repent or you will burn in hell. Yeah. Right? Um. But you see it on signs all the time. And yet it's uh, this repentance is this beautiful invitation from Jesus. Yeah. And it means literally it means to change the way that we think. Mm. And so part of a, a father's repentance could be to change the way that he thinks about being a dad, about being a husband, about working and how much he works and the value he places on work and light of being mm-hmm. a dad. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of ways that we can repent and repentance reminds us that, um, the change is possible Mm. that a new, a new day could dawn in our life. It's a beautiful Mm. word. I mean, we should hear Jesus calling people to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like God's rule and reign can be accessed right now today. And we should go, I've never heard such good news in my life. Not, Oh, repent. No, it should be. I can. We can. We get to repent too. Wow. We get to repent. Oh yeah, but we've made it so personal that. Oh, and so like, it's almost like if, if I tell you that you need to repent, then then it makes it sound like you've done something intentionally wrong. Yeah. And and that that it's, it's the power though is in the fact that we can repent and we can change and that we need to. And Jesus seemed to think we could. And he seemed to think that everyone did. In fact, as I think about it, the people who didn't like his message most were the ones who didn't think that they needed to repent. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly Mm -hmm. it. And then the other thing that happens, Josh, is it's usually what you hear is like repent and do all these things. And I believe that that happens. That's Mm -hmm. further down the road. But in the scriptures, it seems like the progression is repent and believe, yeah. not repent and behave. Yes. And certainly new behaviors follow new belief. Yeah. But it's it is a change of mind and change of heart that leads to a change in direction. Yes. yes. And so that's why he talks about turning and preparing the hearts of the people. Hmm. So that he would turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord. Their God. Anyway, mm. so oh, that's good. That, yeah, that's, that's part one of my like mini missions with uh, I love redeem it. repentance. I love it. It needs to be redeemed. If you want a passage on repentance, uh, one of my favorites is Second mm-hmm. uh, Corinthians chapter seven. Okay. It talks about a godly repentance, a worldly sorrow, uh, which means, man, I'm really bummed I got caught, or 
gosh, this guilt is just killing me. Yeah. A worldly sorrow in contrast to a godly repentance. And godly repentance sees, I think, the way that we're living out of alignment with the way of Jesus. Yeah. Godly repentance sees that we've grieved the heart of our creator, our father, our God. Yeah. And godly repentance recognizes that we're also robbing ourselves of life and it turns. There's a godly repentance that leads to life. There's a worldly sorrow that just leads to death. Yes. Yes. So, is that uh, 710? Yeah. Second Corinthians. Yeah, that whole yes. section. That yeah. whole section. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, Second Corinthians 7 um, gets at that if you're interested in studying more. That's really, really cool. Well, you know, um, uh, Gwenfield, she says, uh, thank you for talking about this. Um, great topic to bring up, especially around a family. Um, takes a lot of work and commitment, she says, uh, but it also brings you closer to God as you take steps towards health and healing. And I think that, that's a great point that you bring up, Glenn, that, you know, that healing really comes out of grappling with the truth, you know, right? So mm-hmm. there isn't really healing outside of that, outside of dealing with truth. And so part of that is recognizing the truth. And, um, and I, once again, I think we always think of repentance as this, um, you know, I did something wrong and I have to admit that I did something wrong when it could be that I've been thinking wrong about that, not because of any fault of my own necessarily, but I was taught that and I've I've had these experiences that in shoes that led me to believe this. Yes. Right. So our repentance is changing the way that we think. Uh And it could even be about pain in our life, Mm -hmm. our own life. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so, so much of that work that we do to, to change those beliefs. That's repentance. Yeah, those narratives, those tapes that play in our mind, mm-hmm. those, oh man, those, some of those are just so damaging. That's repentance. And like wow. uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So taking a thought captive and making it obedient. So bringing it under the submission of Christ is a form of repentance. It's changing the way that we think. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I've never thought of theology class as repentance. Oh man, yeah. Oh, I hadn't either. But it yeah, is that's really right? cool because it is. You're like learning about God and you're going, whoa, I gotta change the way I think about that. Yes. Oh, that's good. Repentance class. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, that's really cool. That's a great idea. Okay, now Ethan Christian. Uh, Ethan, you he's got a few good questions. Um, first thing along the line of repentance, he just says, Do you do you tell the church to repent of sin? Yeah. Absolutely. It's a great question. Yeah. But then he gets a little deeper here. So Ethan, if you're out there, this is for you. Um, Ethan says, um, is healing or miracles for today? Yeah. Man, we're going absolutely. a little bit different. Um, I would say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, okay, Ethan, just what we're talking about is a healing, um, a healing of our mind, a healing of the way we think. Yep. But I think he's also getting in more than that. Um, miracles for today, or was it just for the, he says, for the lost sheep of Israel? Yeah, I mean, so even in the biblical narrative, right, there Mm -hmm. seems to be moments in uh, Israel's history and then the church's formation where miracles were just like off the charts, right? Like they were happening on a very, very regular basis. And it seems as though 
some of those moments were were critical moments where either like let's just use the New Testament for example the the gospel was crossing ethnic lines mm-hmm. it was crossing mm-hmm. geographic lines and it was entering into new space mm-hmm. and those miracles were essentially validating the message mm-hmm. um, and some people would say those were just for that time yeah. and so Ethan my my take would be I don't see anywhere in the scripture that that's taught mm-hmm. um, whether it's a spiritual gift I don't see anywhere in the scripture where you know, there's some spiritual gifts that are for today and then some were for, you know, for that period only. Um, and so I would say, no, I believe in all the gifts and I believe that God still uses uh, miracles and healing. And um, we could debate about why, but it seems like the oftentimes we see that outside of the West right now more than we see it inside the West. But I think that's also why it's really, really important that we try to have a global theological perspective, right? So that we don't just get a narrow myopic focus on what's going on in the West and think that it's what's happening in the whole entire world. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that uh, I'm sure there's many things you could talk say about this, but but uh, one of the things is that the gospel needs to go to a lot of places. Yeah. So if, if we're done, then I can see why you could argue that, you know, the miracles have stopped. But so if that was the pattern, then that God would use, would use miraculous signs um, to point to, to him um, when he was taking the gospel in other places, then that needs to happen now. Cause it's actually got to go, not just to new places and to new languages, which it definitely does, but to new cultures and new peoples. And it's, we're moving more and more away from a Christian culture. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so it needs to come to your neighbor. Um, oh, so you're saying even if, you're not saying that that is the only time that it's, it would be no, utilized, no. but you're saying even if it were, that still doesn't put it out of the realm of possibility today. Thank you. That made yeah, it much more clear. That, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's true. And But neither, I don't think either of us would say that it's only relegated to that. No, but no, 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 no. Even if it were. Even if it were. Even if it were. Thank you. Yes. Still be using it. We'd still exactly yeah. and and no matter what. Here's the other the other piece of it that I think that I'd say. No miracle was ever just for the benefit of the person that was healed. Right. You know, it was never it was never just for their sake. In fact, the the crazy thing about it, you know, the statistic about all miracles. Everyone Jesus healed eventually dies. Eventually dies. <laughs> it's kind of sad. That's your stagger. The stats are really bad. They got, you know, they probably got sick again, but they eventually died. Yeah. Right. Meaning that that his his healing was not permanent. That wasn't the that wasn't the main thing that he was there to do. Otherwise, he would have just continued to heal left and right, like all the time. Right. But there's times he stops healing. Yeah. He he says no more. I'm not going to heal anyone else. Yeah. He's. I mean, crazy things like that. He says things like I can't heal anybody here because your faith. You don't have enough faith. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, like, so things that are outside of our box yes. a little bit. But yes. It's he, wasn't, he doesn't seem concerned with our box. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and so it was always, it was always that, that phrase, a sign. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what the John uses it, uh, the phrase sign, that these are signs, and they were there to, to tell us. It's John, John 20, verse 30. Um, uh, that, that he tells us that these signs he wrote, yeah. and I believe 
Am I wrong to say there's 11 signs? And anyway, there's there's a certain number in John. All right, I can't remember if it's yeah. John has John. That's his one of his narrative frameworks. Exactly, exactly. There's a there's a bunch of them in John, and he says there's many others, but these were written so that you would believe, and that really is the point. Yeah, that those were there so that people would believe, and that actually does fit in with what you were saying about why that there would be a lot of them at yep. certain times. Yeah, because he's pointing right. There's a so it's calling of faith. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Ethan, great question. Yeah, two great questions. Two. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, okay, we've uh, we've exhausted. We've answered every question. Good job, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Job. All right. All right. We didn't, we didn't have a ton today, and so I want you to put your um, your thinking caps on, your repentance caps on. All right, it's fire. <laughs> Maybe. I like that. You like that? All right. There is such thing as taking something too far. Too far, Josh? Yes. I don't know. You, okay. may, you, you might be close. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, earlier we were talking about repentance as a changing of mind. And so and I love, I love if you're here, um, you're open to, to changing your mind. And uh, and that's something that I'm a big fan of. Um, show us. Show us where, where, where I'm wrong on something, and I'll change my mind, and then I won't be wrong anymore. Yes. See how that works? Yes. You know, and I appreciate that, and I think that's an attitude we need to have uh, when we come to this sort of thing. Um, of course, so many of these things have, you know, clear answers, but there's the vast majority. It's processing and dealing with it, and that's yeah. why I love, I love this format, and I love that you are joining in at home with us and uh, and thinking well about these things. That's what we want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we want this to be, um, a place where where you can come and and hopefully learn a little bit, join in a little bit, yeah. and, uh, and have a good time doing it. So Josh, if they have questions for next week uh, about like the history of Christmas and yes. We're gonna we're gonna push into that. What? How can they get us their questions? You can get us your question. You can you can message us on all of the you know Facebook, Instagram. I don't know if you message on YouTube, but if you're joining us on YouTube, you can write a comment in there. Um, definitely, or you can send us an email, and uh, you can send me that email right here to questions at escc.org. Um, I will see those emails, and uh, and they're so they'll be personal emails. If you don't want anyone to know your name, you just tell me that and I will not read your name and I will not say your specifics and change, you know, all the details if you'd like. Um, but uh, any question is on the table and we'd love to join in. And so um, send us whatever you got. Um, we're going, we are going to be talking about Christmas and about the history of Christmas and the weirdness of Christmas. And so I want you to be ready. Uh, to All right, here's a, just a yeah, teaser. Teaser, right. teaser. Josh, was Jesus born on December 25th? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I, we have no so, real idea, but it's probably not then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure about that. You know, if you want to know, if you want to know why we celebrate Jesus' birth huh? on a day we're pretty sure he wasn't born, Tune in next week. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And uh, it's our prayer that you would learn, learn to, to live in the abundance that God wants for you. And so let's continue this study of life.
next time. God bless. God bless. Have a great week.